Welcome back to And She Did. Today we are so honored to be hosting Katherine Yeo. A student at Harvard University, Katherine is incredibly passionate about both computer science and creative writing, a combination that continually inspires her change-making endeavors. Though she is multifaceted, our conversation today will focus on Katherine's work in computer science and authorship. Katherine wanted to use storytelling and technology to bring about change in the world, and she did. Hi, Katherine. Welcome to our podcast. We are so honored and excited to have you on today. How are you doing? How's your day going so far? Yeah, thank you so much. I've loved listening to previous episodes on this show. Uh, my day's going out well. I, I'm moving out, um, out, like, out of my dorm right now as the semester is wrapping up. So it's been a really hectic time. All the boxes. Uh, my room is currently super empty. So I'm glad this is an audio only thing. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's something Zoe and I have yet to experience. So uh, that sounds exciting. So do you think that you could start just by introducing yourself to our listeners? Where are you from and what are your general interests? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Catherine. I take the She Series. I'm from Northern California, currently wrapping up my third year at Harvard studying computer science with an English minor. And I would say my general interests fall in technology, um, storytelling and creativity and the intersection. So in the tech world, I've worked uh, at companies like Apple and Disney in the research world, also in a lot, very involved right now in the startup world where I previously co-founded or built products in the consumer social and ed tech spaces. I also spent some time investing uh, for an early stage venture capital fund um, as a venture partner here at Harvard, but outside of the tech world and actually within, so it's like intersectional as well. I really love to write. I started out in, in the fiction world writing more recently, have been writing a lot more personal essays and, and also in the nonfiction realm, in, including an upcoming book that I will talk more about later. That's incredible. Thank you so much for that great introduction. And as we mentioned beforehand, you're super passionate about computer science and creative writing and are studying computer science and English at Harvard. And we were wondering, how did you first become interested in both of these areas? Yeah, so I always loved writing growing up. Um, my story of how I got into writing and, and being a, a digital creator uh, is that I, I started out writing and publishing a lot of Harry Potter and Star Wars fan fiction online. Huge nerd in, in both fandoms. I'm actually going to the Star Wars celebration convention in two weeks. So very big fan. And, and I wrote a lot of this fan fiction, published it on online websites, joined a lot of writing communities, discourse, all that. I've stayed an active writer since, but, and it was actually my love of writing that got me more into the tech world. So I think in, in late middle school or early high school, my favorite class was English class. Um, but in my English class, people or everyone had this mandatory vocabulary quiz. We had to memorize 30 words a week. And even though I love the class, everyone else hated this quiz because it was it was so tedious people just thought it was a waste of time and, and when I asked my friends like oh what would you rather spend that time on they all of course said video games um, because <laughs> we are we are middle or high school students and I thought to myself what if we could make learning words and language a, 
more fun, like a video game. So learned how to code and started building this mobile app where you could tap balloons or pop balloons to spell out and learn new words. And that, that was so much fun to build, test and experiment with. That kind of taught me that you could turn, like coding could turn an idea into something tangible. And I, I really love doing that for me, both writing and building, like building and writing are very similar in the sense that you are turning this idea, whether from your imagination or an idea of, um, that you gained from research or an idea that you are dreaming about building yourself, you turn the idea into something tangible and real and the processes I realized are, are very similar. And so I, I got into and pursued both areas in, in more depth. I think it's so amazing that you can sort of still remember that moment where you found the interconnection between um, writing and technology. I think that Sometimes looking back on our childhoods, everything's kind of a blur. So I think it's particularly special that that moment stood out so much. So on that note, computer science and storytelling aren't always viewed as interconnected by most people. So how do you combine your two passions? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And honestly, something I am still figuring out day to day on how to best combine them, how to best balance them. So I would say I kept computer science and storytelling pretty separate for most of my life. Even after this experience building this app, I, after that, I, I went down my own technical routes. I like attended a lot of hackathons and built random tools left and right, did dabbled in the research realm a little, and then worked in a lot of different industry verticals. While in the writing side, I tried to dabble in different forms of writing within fiction, within like screenwriting, nonfiction, et cetera. Uh, and then I guess I, I started meeting and learning from people with a lot of different elements to their story with very nonlinear journeys and intersectional interests. And over time, I realized I am passionate about combining my passions. And I think that came to a really solidified experience when I spent a summer working as an intern at Disney where I was building machine learning tools to help animation artists on a specific part of the 3D animation pipeline. And here I was working both with AI researchers, engineers, and these incredible artists every day. And I thought, wow, I, I really love that. I really love bridging the gap between a technical side and the storytelling world. And so I've, I've been working a lot more like to combine my passions at varying levels. And I think my, my book is probably one of the best reflections of that on, on the flip side, where it's a far more storytelling, but about something very tied together with technology. That's really inspiring how you've found a way to connect your two passions, because I think a lot of times people may have varying passions, but they think they have to kind of separate them and decide I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this other thing. Um, but it's really cool how you've been able to combine both. And on that note, this spring, you released a nonfiction book titled The Creator's Revolution. And we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about this book. 
Yeah, the book is called The Creator Revolution. It I just released the ebook actually. So it is available to be bought on Amazon. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, the, the paperback version might be out. It will be coming out soon in June. So really excited. Uh, the book is about the rise of digital content creators and the many paths of opportunities and impact they have in both our present and future society. And kind of the story behind this book or, or what inspired me to write it is um, I was this online creator throughout high school publishing fiction writing and also art on, on websites like Tumblr, uh, Wattpad, AO3, all these OG sites. I don't know if high schoolers these days don't know what Tumblr is, but it was a big thing when I was in high school. And over time, I built up this audience of hundreds of thousands of of readers or followers. Um, and it got to the point where I, I realized that people were very, really valued my creative contributions to the point that they were messaging me, hey, if I pay you this amount, can you write me this specific kind of story? Or if can, can you, can I ask you to make this piece of art? So even through um, my first year in college, I was still shipping out pieces of art from my dorm. I was really invested in this and I, I loved it. I started this or I think I, I peaked when I was like 15 or 16 um, in, 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 in how invested I was in this. And I just thought like, it's like the coolest thing to a 15 year old to be able to make money on the internet from such creative endeavors. So at the time I, re- I knew and realized that like something was different. There was so much potential on the internet that and, and through this evolution of technology that people didn't realize. And fast forward a few years to the pandemic or the start of the pandemic when people were stuck at home, had copious amounts of time and they spent that time either consuming or creating so much new content. It was really exciting to see. And, but, and at the same time, I, I thought to myself, people don't realize the power that content creation and, and consumption has. So I decided to interview hundreds of creators, investors, employees at these platforms like YouTube, Roblox, et cetera, and compiled my insights and research to turn it into this book. So it's it's a really long journey starting from when I was a creator online to um, over a year of very intense research and writing. To, to finally getting to publish this now. It's, it's been a long but exciting journey and I'm, I'm really thrilled to share this with the world, share my insights and these stories of incredible creators uh, and hope that this can start, uh, bring more awareness and, and start more conversations about this. That's such an interesting topic and it's something that I never really was exposed to going through school, even um, at a school that was so diverse in all the classes it had. I think that bringing this sort of idea into the limelight is so important, especially right now with seeing how much social media and online content influences our lives. I think this is probably such a pertinent topic right now um, and I'm very excited to read the book. So with that in mind, was there a particular experience in your life that led you to this specific idea for the book? Um, or was it sort of more a general path? And do you have any particular hopes for what the book will result in for other people? Yeah, all really good questions. I don't think it was one specific moment that that led to this idea. At the start, I was I just started out interviewing creators and talking to other 
creators and, and writers, especially that I, I knew well. And just one day a spark, I, I, I realized this is something so transformative that I'm gonna deem it a revolution and talk and, and describe the many different paths and aspects that are revolutionary that people are not realizing are happening already today. Um, and as for what I hope, um, I, I think one of my biggest, or what I was most nervous about releasing this book last week was whether, what people would gain from it because my biggest hope was for people to learn from it, whether they are a creator or not a creator, to learn something from it. Maybe if you're not a creator, you can see the potential that being a creator can bring to you the opportunities, as well as how creators are kind of restructure, restructuring the fun, fundamental underpinnings of society from education to representation in media to economy and the autonomy of your future work. Um, and then if you are a creator, I was hoping that you could learn more about this whole widespread movement from a more structured perspective and diverse perspective as well. So I was hoping to instill learnings in those sense and as well as foster more discussions and conversations around it because it's, it's, a, it's, it's an ever evolving space as well. Like social media is changing every day. Um, the rise of Web3 is also caused the changing how like art is being thought of. Um, so much is changing every day. So very, very excited to see what people's feedback, thoughts and conversations around this will look like. That's amazing. And that's such an interesting topic. And like Sophie said, I haven't really been exposed to that that much in the past. So I'm super excited to read this book and learn more about content creation, because I think right now in the present and in the future, it's going to change society so much. And in addition to authorship, you also have hosted many hackathons, including the Bay Area's first all-female high school hackathon, which is so cool. And we were wondering what made you passionate about this cause? And why do you think that there are less women in the computer science field? And what do you think can be done to change that? Yeah, so many good questions here. I think how I got started in the hackathon world is in high school, I, I fell in love with the concept of hackathons because they, they let me kind of just build cool things, learn this, this like really free space to, to learn at will and build fun things with your friends. It doesn't have to be a useful thing. I, I built some meme generators um, at some point. And so I, I love the hackathon space first as a hacker and then as, a, as an organizer, because I realized all the things I loved about hackathons, I wanted to bring to a lot more spaces and demographics as well. So over the years, um, I organized or founded 10 hackathons, many of which are dedicated to introducing what I like underrepresented groups, but I like to call them like underestimated groups and individuals uh, to, to not just computer science and programming, but to the idea of entrepreneurship as a whole from brainstorming and conceiving the idea to building a prototype, iterating through it very quickly, and even pitching that at the very end. I think all of these are really important and necessary skills. So I, I was really excited to try to want to introduce these to, to more underestimated groups and individuals. In particular, I wanted to shout out Pixel Hacks, which is the high school hackathon you mentioned in the Bay Area. 
and Tech Together, which is another, another wonderful hackathon circuit and, and nonprofit dedicated to introducing more underestimated individuals into this space. Um, I, I guess I, I learned that I, I love to help people, but specifically people who had an idea and wanted to turn that idea into something more but they haven't had the opportunity to do so or the knowledge to do so. And, and ultimately with regards to the problem of the lack of women in computer science and, and technology and entrepreneurship, I think it's, uh, there's so many layers and um, re layered, layers of reasoning for this. But for me, at least what stands out is I think it's a, it's a problem on the, the institutional side that we need more widespread education and exposure. I think that programming is as important a skill as learning a foreign language is, for example, but, and every kid is mandated to learn a foreign language, but not everyone is mandated to learn programming right now. But technology is like digital literacy, um, technological literacy and, and programming are such vital skills these days that I think starting that at a younger age and having this opportunity to encourage all underestimated individuals and groups to learn and, and at the very least be exposed to the field of computer science is really important that we need to democratize access to knowledge and learning in this space and, and so important in bridging these gaps. Yes, I 100% agree. I think that at least when I was younger, I always thought of computer science and coding as being super, super intimidating. And don't get me wrong, they're very difficult. They are very time consuming to sort of figure out what you're good at in those spaces. Um, but I think recently, especially going to an online school, I figured out that I am not as scared of technology and coding and things like that as I thought I would be. Um, and so I think the whole idea of exposing people to these kinds of fields that they might not otherwise have access to is really important. Um, and I think it can be said for so many other fields in this time, but especially coding and technology in the kind of space and world that we're living in today. So you're graduating from Harvard in 2023. So you're going to be a senior next year, which wow, is that's crazy to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a senior right now, I completely relate to that feeling because I still kind of feel like a freshman most of the time. So yeah, um, in the future, how do you see yourself continuing to pursue your interests in the intersection between technology and writing? Yeah, that's definitely something I think about almost every day because some days I... It's both a blessing and a curse, I think, to be to have multiple interests and have have these interests on a, on a spectrum. Some days I am more passionate and excited to build something. Some days I really just want to get into the flow of writing and think about I don't know doing tech journalism for a living. Uh, all at the end of the day, I think I would I want to be at the intersection and more on the building side. So I've been thinking a lot about how to best build technology for creatives, not just content creators, but artists, writers, musicians, animation artists. So anywhere in this space and look, and I've, I've been exploring either joining early stage startups in this solving problems in this space, or I think the ultimate goal is to start my own. 
That's amazing. And I'm so excited to see what you do after you graduate Harvard. And as I mentioned before, you are so inspirational for the way that you have combined your interests. And we were wondering if you have any advice to other women who have varying interests and hope to combine them such as you have. One lesson I've learned over the years that I wished I learned sooner is that I didn't need to fit into just one bucket, I think. I'm from the Bay Area, which is very like the heart of Silicon Valley, very STEM heavy. And and in high school, especially, you're told that you need to be a STEM person or an arts person or a history person, etc. Like you kind of have to specialize. I don't think that's true at all. Uh, For example, in in high school, I never told anyone about how I like to write fiction in my free time because I was ashamed that I wasn't being the best STEM person I could be. But instead, combining your interests and I don't know, in in the spirit of storytelling, like you carving out your own story is the best way to define who you are and establish your footprint on the world. Uh, ultimately, life is a, a marathon, not a sprint. And if that means taking a non-linear journey or an intersectional journey to get there, that's part of the fun of life. I think another thing for especially the young listeners out there is that we are often told that we need to start focusing, specializing very early. But you don't, you don't need to know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're in school. Many people still don't. And that's okay. But for me, I'm still exploring a lot of different roles, interests, and areas in technology, writing, and its intersection. And sometimes outside of those areas as well. And I think that's, I personally find that really cool, very interesting, and that I'm excited to have these opportunities to keep exploring and trying new things. So my advice is for all of you to take your time in in learning, exploring, and hope you have fun in doing so. I think that's wonderful advice and definitely something I wish I had also learned sooner. I'm not in college yet, so I haven't had as many chances as I would have liked to try everything. Um, But I definitely do think that growing up, you're told like, oh, pick the job that you want to do when you're older. But what if that's multiple jobs or kind of defining a new job? And so I think that it's great that you've been able to share that lesson with so many people. Um, And it's definitely inspirational to me and Zoe. So I'm sure our listeners will be just as inspired as we are. So thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. You can find Catherine on Instagram and Twitter at Catherine H. Yao and her book, The Creator Revolution is now available for purchase on Amazon. So make sure you purchase that and leave really positive reviews because I'm sure it's amazing. Yes. Thank you so much, Catherine. And to our listeners, we hope that Catherine's story has inspired you. Stay tuned for more episodes.